Going up like That's how you separate the motherfucking Y'all know the rest Look What we put on these pages makes the game love us I'm maintaining my proper form just like I drain jumpers When I'm penning, I'm taking extra care like sway uppers made in the beige color I'm making sure every line is secure like a bass jumper I'm shifting your perception of what's hot like the wave runners Imagine if they took Kanye from us Imagine if they took all pain from us Like how they take our brothers away from us With state numbers longer than federal case numbers I don't write bars, I paint colors Trying to get about the hood, felt like I started maze we are from a place where people felt like they just can't love us Niggas hate you from the age of little leagues and skate covers Crabs in the barrel ain't scared to pass in the fear you They say they'll tap in and hear you But if you rap then they scared to But fuck it, I ain't fearful Give me truth even if it means Welcome that back I'll to the get podcast, everyone. Today I'm with an artist out of New York He signed to Drumworks, which is Conway the Machine's record label And he's about to go on tour, which I'm very excited to talk about And also just, I'm excited to hear more about the New York music scene because I haven't had many New York artists so whenever I get the chance to learn more about different music scenes it's very exciting for me. Introducing Jay Skis. Jay Spitz, what's going on with you now? How you feel? I do I'm feeling great man and it um the first thing I saw once I was like looking up all your music because I've I've been a fan for a while now after seeing your solo projects, Conway the Machine. You're about to go on tour and one of your stops is actually here in Seattle. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm I'm excited to get out there, man, to the West Coast. I've actually never been to Seattle, so oh, wow. it's going to be a dope experience to come out there and come and play in Seattle, for real. And you haven't started the tour yet, right? It starts in September, or? It actually, so the tour actually kicks off um, August 28th. We actually just added a date down in Miami. Ooh. Uh, we're actually kicking the tour off on the 28th, and then it's going to go through to the end of October. And is this your first ever tour? First tour, I've been around, you know what I'm saying, a, a few different states, few different cities, doing different shows over the years, but never been on tour before, so I'm excited. And it's what's what's the name of the tour again? It's Love is... Love Will Get You Killed Tour. That's a crazy title for a tour. <laughs> yeah, where, man. And, you know, obviously it's uh, starring Conway the Machine, and then you got uh, Stove God Cooks. He's actually co-starring, co-starring the tour, so, you know, it's going to be dope, man. I'm looking forward to it. That's very exciting. So... Let's get into the New York music scene. Like, I, I know you're out of Buffalo, New York, correct? Yeah, I'm, so I'm from Buffalo, New York. So, I mean, I guess if you were to ask any questions about, you know, about the music scene, it would be more so about Buffalo, New York, as opposed to, like, New York. Because, you know, Buffalo is six and a half hours away from New York. So we have kind of our own thing going on. That's crazy. I, I didn't even realize that. That's a huge trek. Yeah. Here, yeah. In, here in um Washington... We also just say like the Seattle music scene, but like some of the most prominent Seattle artists, whether they're up and coming or not, um, one of them is Django, and Django lives in Spokane, which is like a four to five hour drive away. But because there's not oh, wow. really because there's not really a music scene in Spokane yet, it's all like desert basically. He'll drive within like he only needs like a heads up of like a day or so, and he'll drive all the way to Seattle to perform at a concert. So did you have to do that? with being in Buffalo, or is there a music scene big enough in Buffalo where you could just perform there? Yeah, no, there, there's definitely a scene here. Um, you know, over the years, we've always had different artists come to the town. We just never really had any artists break through, especially rappers, I should say, um, break through in, in mainstream hip-hop until, really, until Griselda. You know, so shout out to West Side Gun, shout out to Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, Derringer, you know, and the things that they got going on, you know what I mean? And so. But aside from them, outside of mainstream, you know, we've always had, you know, a scene here where, you know, there's different local artists who, who go out, they do their different thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, whether it be, you know, hip hop, it may be, you know, alternative music, whatever it is that you do, R&B, you know, there's always been different artists here who have done, done their thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And as an artist, are you still living in Buffalo or? Yeah, I still stay in Buffalo. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still here local. Is there is it a big enough of a scene where if you're a local artist in Buffalo, you can make a living off the scene in Buffalo, or is it something where you have to travel to New York to make that money? Yeah, you probably need to travel still. It's not it's not something that you can kind of live off of. I don't think it at least in in these times now. You know what I mean? Like you can make you can make some money, but I don't think it's something that you can live off of. Right. It's 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 funny to see it from this perspective, but I feel like 
well, it's true. Rappers are like poets. And when I hear of Buffalo, I'm, I'm, I hear that's a very gritty place. So I feel like that's yeah, a weird crazy. combination to be like a poet. You know where you are. You know, you just got to be mindful of, you know, where you are. But, you know, we're called the city of good neighbors. So, you know, there are some things that happen here, you know, that, that you know, it does get kind of crazy. But at the same time, it's all about who you put yourself around and what situations you put yourself into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And is, is Buffalo more of a city or is it more like fields and like farmland or what is what is the scenery out Buffalo is definitely a city um you know there is a lot of different suburbs that are around and things like that but in terms of like the actual city of buffalo it's it's definitely a city i mean you got projects out here you got you know what i'm saying different bodegas all that like you know what i'm saying it's not it's definitely not like farmland or anything like that but if once you get outside of the city and really it's you know like i said there's different suburbs and things like that but once you get you know about a half hour, 45 minutes outside of the city, that's when you start to see all the different farmlands. You see the cows and chickens and all that. But in terms of, like, you know, the city, like, we're the second biggest city in New York State. Oh, shit. Why is, yeah. it, why is it called Buffalo? I think of, like, deer and, like, wildlife when I hear a name like Buffalo. I, I forget who it was, and it's funny because I actually noticed, but uh, I think his name was LaSalle. He was a, a French... Uh, I don't want to call him an explorer, but he he set up a lot of the city in terms of like the way that it's it's like built and positioned, and um, the word that he used for it, I think, was buffalo in the English language. Don't get me the line because I'm pretty sure that's that's what kind of explains it. But um, his name was something Lasalle. His last name is Lasalle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and from my understanding, like you've been really tapped into the music scene. Like I I watched some of your previous interviews, and I forget who they were, but they're like one of these interviewers were like your friends and they're like, you know what? I've been seeing you making music for years. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. I mean, I've been really into hip hop since I was about 12 or 13 years old, but really started giving it an honest push to make this, you know, a career when I was about 21, I'm 32 now. So I've been doing it for a long time. I've seen, you know, a lot of people who started out, I've seen a lot of people, you know, who did start out, I should say, you know, stop making music. I've seen a lot of people who over the years, you know, they, they've seen other people do it and then they started doing it and behind, you know, being inspired. So, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of different people. I know a lot of different people and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of great artists here for sure. Do you feel like a few years ago it would have been hard to gain like an audience and a fan base being an older artist, being 30? Like, I feel like I just had on Cool Rock Ski from the Fat Boys and I don't even I don't even know if he's fifty yet. He might be fifty, but like for hip hop, that's considered an old man. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I, because I've been doing it for so long, um, the audience that I have now is pretty much the same. Like the the audience I kind of grew up with, you know oh, what I'm wow. saying? So they've seen when I was younger and I was doing my thing, and then as I you know progressed into my into my thirties, you know, I, I still have that same scene. And then I do have, you know, now especially I have younger fans now too that, especially from the city of Buffalo, that see everything that I do and, you know, they get inspired, you know what I mean? So I have fans that are older, I have fans that are younger, I have fans around my same age group as well, you know what I mean? That makes sense. So I was telling another artist when I was trying to like describe like Griselda's sound, your sound, I kind of called it like underground, but when I say underground, I, I felt like underground meant like grungy, but is that not like the right word to describe your guys's niche of music? Um, I mean, I guess you could kind of say that. I mean, it's definitely like that golden era. Um, when I think of Griselda, I think of that golden era, boom bat type style. Um, grungy. I don't know if I would describe it as grungy personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely describe it as more so like that golden era, 90s sound and then even with my sound because Griselda is you know Griselda Records obviously you know Benny the Butcher Derringer Conway Machine Benny or Benny the Butcher and West Side Gun that's you know that's Griselda Records but then drum work is drum work music group um, is Conway the Machine's label and the thing that I really respected about Conway when I first got with drum work is that you know he told me that I could be myself you know what I mean? I didn't have to adapt my sound to, you know, what I hear him do or what I hear from Griselda, Benny the Butcher. You know what I mean? I didn't have to adapt to that. And I feel like just with the content and my beat selection, you know, my sound is a little different. It's, it's very unique as opposed to, 
you know, what they do because they have a solid, they have one sound, you know what I mean, that they kind of go with. And it's just what works for them. And I think it's great. But my sound is a little different, especially, like I said, in terms of like the content and what I, and what I talk about. And you're the first artist that was signed to his record label, right? First one, yeah. And how many are you guys of you guys are there now? Uh, signed to the signed to the actual label. Um, there's two artists: is uh, me and then uh, Love the Genius, and then you obviously have Conway. And then there's a few other artists that are affiliated with the label. Um, so you got SK um, out of Baltimore. You got Lucky Seven. He's from Buffalo, and then you got Shots Almighty. The uh, and he's uh, actually Conway's little brother. Oh shit! I haven't even checked out Conway's little brother. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. So you can check him out as well. Were we kind of taken aback when he offered you to be like one of the first signees, or did you guys have like an actual connection at first, or was it more just like, oh, I saw him at this concert, saw him here, saw him there, or did you could you tell that it was leaning towards an actual connection? Yeah, so like Conway, um, you know, he's obviously one of the bigger names in the city, um, and. You know, I've always been on the scene. Like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, so that was how he was familiar with me. In terms of me knowing Conway, like who he is as a person and being around him, I never knew Conway. You know what I mean? Like we always, he would always see me, you know, whether, whether it was at a show or, you know, I used to work at a sneaker store. So that was how I knew a lot of people in the city as well, because everybody would come and get sneakers um, from the store that I worked at. And, um, so yeah, so that was kind of how we, we knew of each other, but we had no connection. So then when, you know, he reached out to me, you know, to, to tell me that he had some interest in signing me, it was very random, first of all. It was right after I quit my job last year and behind some things that happened with COVID. And, um, you know, he reached out and said that he had some interest. And, I, you know, I said, cool, like, let's get it. Like, you know what I mean? And, you know, from there, it was, it was a whole nother process, you know, he wanted to see where I was at in terms of being dedicated to it. And, you know, there was different things that I had to do um, to, to really let him know, like, you know, I really wanted this opportunity. Um, but it, it was a surprise because of how it happened. It was literally two days after I quit my job. But, you know, I, I knew eventually, you know, there was going to be some connection made, but I just didn't know when it was going to come. And it, it came at like the perfect time, I think. You know what I mean? Wow. What was your job beforehand? Uh, like I said, I worked at the sneaker store. Okay. I was actually a manager at a sneaker store. So I, I had been working there for eight, nine years. Oh, I had been there for, you know, doing music for a long time, but I was also, you know, working a retail job just to support myself, support my daughter Nas, and, you know, just to do the things that I needed to do. You know what I mean? That's dope. My, um, the full name of the NAST podcast is an acronym, actually. So it stands for News and Sneaker Talk. So that's cool that you're actually into sneakers so was your was your sneaker store like a hype beast store or is it more of like a, a footlocker champs it was more of um it's i forget the name it's a specialized urban retailer so when you think of that you think of um and matter of fact you're in seattle so i don't know what i have out there it's like a mix between um almost like a footlocker and like i guess i don't even want to say like a mom pop because you, we would get like urban brands because we sold clothing too, Got it. and then we would certain releases, certain like you know, certain ones. But a lot of it was general release stuff. So I guess it would be more akin to um, like a Foot Locker, like more like a House of Hoops. Okay. Yeah. And are you big into shoes at all? I love sneakers. I'm. I don't know if you've heard like you know the bars or any of my songs, but I always so I always make references to shoes. What would, what would be your favorite, uh, what's your favorite type of shoe? Favorite type of sneaker? I mean, obviously, like, you know, Nike, Nike basketball. I'm real, I'm real partial to that. Um, Jordans, I mean, I, like, one of my AKAs is the separation of Jordan highs and mids. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of the things I call myself. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you into Jordan ones, but, you know, Jordan highs is like, you know, they the highs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, the sir. mids is cool. There's a lot more colorways in the mids, but the, the highs are more rare. You know what I'm saying? So, that's what I. That's what I'm more akin to. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I love. I love Jordans. I love. You know, what I'm saying Nike running, Nike basketball. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like all, all different types of different types of Nike basketball, Nike running, Air Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Dude, Jordan ones are my favorite. I um, I honestly am not a huge into any of the other Jordans. Like I love yeah. all the colorways. Um, I actually, I'm actually pretty big into like thrift shopping. Like if there is yeah. a brand new shoe that I know is going to be kind of rare. 
I have no problem like picking it up for a full price. But um, it was when it was it was only like two months ago. There was this shoe that came out. I think it was 2017. It was mm. the Jordan Equality shoes. I don't know yeah, if you ever. And I picked the picked them up in the um, Jordan. They're the, the they're the high ones because there was different. There was like a quality month where there was different types of Jordans. But I picked up the yeah, Jordan one qualities. February, I believe it was uh, yeah, twenty seventeen because they did the high top and then they did a pair of Air Force Ones too. That was actually really dope. Yeah, the qualities are pretty dope. I feel like some of them are kind of too much. Like I'm I'm not really into like red, green, black, white shoes all in one, but. Just the yeah. the black and white with the quality and like they had like gold lace tips on them. I was like I mm-hmm. had to pick them up and I got them for I got them for a hundred bucks and they're they usually right now I think they retail or like resell for like five hundred bucks. I got them on Goat and um, yeah. they're kind of beat up. Not gonna lie, but like I was able to clean them up and I'm I'm actually pretty happy with them. <laughs> that's what's up, man. Well, that's a good pickup for you, bro. Yes, sir. Do you have any like rare? shoes that you have that you're like super proud of that no one else has like super rare i mean i got like i mean the joints i got on right now actually i got on the uh the ben fives if you know what those are from a few years ago they did the all leather uh, with the white laces the fives so they did like you know the ben 13s it was a series the ben nines ben twos it was a few different ones um you know i got different joints like union fours i got a couple pairs of the off-white fives <sighs> You know, just, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's certain ones, like, you got to keep something, yeah, you got to keep some kicks, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep some different flavors. For you sure. Know what I'm saying? And outside yeah. of being, a, like, a recording artist, you're an actual artist, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I look at music as, as art, too. Mm-hmm. It's funny when people say that, because they be like, you actually, you, you're an actual artist. But now, <laughs> like, I paint as well, um, and then I have a brand as well. Um, so I, it's just another way for me to, like, express myself, because sometimes... It's, it's times where, at least for myself, um, it's times where there, there's certain things or certain ideas that I have, and there's just not a way for me to express those ideas, you know, on a song. Mm-hmm. And so, or maybe maybe I just may not want to. And so I use, you know, I, I paint on canvas, and, uh, you know, I paint on windows and walls, different things, you know what I'm saying, just to express myself in those ways or get out whatever ideas I have. And then I also paint on clothing. So I have a wearable art brand. It's called BNBLYC. Oh shit, that's dope. So when did you start painting? Um, to be honest, um, I just started painting on canvas last year. It was in the beginning of last year when the pandemic hit. Um, because I was, you know, it was it was something that I wanted to do for a long time. I've been painting on clothes since 2017, but um, I never gained, I, I guess, you know, got it up the confidence, I should say, to start painting on. Um, or on canvas up until last year because I mean everybody was in the house and you know I was watching different art documentaries I've been in the art since I was you know probably about 14 um but I was watching different documentaries about you know different artists and their styles and um you know Basquiat has always been one of my favorite artists and I love like Keith Haring and dude I got a fucking know. Keith Haring shirt on right now I don't know if you could let me oh word that's what's up that's what's up Keith Haring right here yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love Keith Haring, man. There's a lot of different artists, man. You know what I'm saying? That that I have a, a great appreciation for. Um, Salvador Dali is another one. Ooh. And I was watching their different documentaries, and I'm really, I'm really an abstract artist. Um, just because I don't, I don't really like. That's just what I, what I kind of gravitate towards. And so after watching those documentaries, I just kind of got the comments to say, you know, I just want to see what comes out. You know, once I sit in front of a canvas and get some paint and just do my thing and as I was doing it I was going through and you know I was creating different different art I was like yo this is actually kind of dope and so then you know it was a process of me you know gaining the confidence to go and show my art because mm-hmm. it's one thing to, to do it you know you're in, you're in the comfort of your own home doing your thing and it's another thing to actually show the art you know what I mean and you know I did a few shows last year um Namely, one of them, we actually, we rented a U-Haul, me and my old creative partner. We uh, rented a U-Haul, and so we, uh, we took command strips and put them on the back of all of our canvases. And we hung the art all around the U-Haul, and we invited people out. Uh, we had a DJ, and, you know, we sold some merch and played music. We had food, and then people actually, we had a red carpet that led into the U-Haul 
as you walk up it and then you know we turn we turn the u-haul into our gallery and that was like one of my first shows i sold a few pieces that day and so from there it was like okay well you know maybe i do have something that that has some substance and it's worth something dude that is so dope one of my friends was actually thinking about doing that with a with a taco truck a couple months ago because like we yeah. like me and my friend are huge into like facebook marketplace or like offer up and someone was selling a taco truck and the next thing we know it was sold because it was going for hella cheap but that's so yeah. cool to actually hear someone actually went through with doing that what made you think of doing the u-haul it was i mean it was really a combination of like the pandemic because you know obviously it was hard to get venues last year where you could actually show art and it was just really like i guess just like ingenuity i guess if that's what you want to call it like i just wanted to do something different you know what i'm saying we actually um what we did also we took canvas rolls and so we covered the sides of the uh of the u-haul with canvas rolls and then you know we invited people to just come out and come and paint on the canvas rolls too wow so that as well damn that's so dope so being a newer painter that's selling their work how did you get the courage I, I think it's honestly like courageous to be able to find it in yourself to sell your artwork so how did you figure out how you were going to price your artwork did it depend on size or time or how did you figure that out yeah, it was really um, it was really just dependent on on the time and the size that I that I kind of you know put into well the time that I put in and then the size of the paintings because when I when I first started I was only I was using canvases they were they were pretty small in size like you know I was doing maybe you know sixteen by twenty and you know I think the biggest one that I did in the first couple months was maybe twenty four by eighteen and so. You know, from there, I started getting more costs that I wanted to, you know, do bigger pieces. You know, so the smaller pieces, you know, obviously, they don't take as long to create and work on, depending on what you're doing. And so I was kind of going off that. But my bigger, the bigger picture, I'm a very, like, like I think about the big picture. Right. My, my idea was with doing art and things like that was more so, like, I wanted to start creating art because there there's not a lot of artists or a lot of rappers who sell artwork you know what i mean so the money aspect of it was cool but it was more so i wanted to create more intrigue like as an artist not just being a rapper so like i said the money side of it was cool but um the idea was to get my name more out there with being a rapper who paints and that was more important to me as opposed to like the the money aspect of it. And I think even with the first couple couple paintings that I sold, you know, it was more so just like, oh, you like that one? Like, okay, shit, uh, give me $100 for it. You know what I mean? And that was kind of how it went. And then now, like, you know, I have more of an idea, a better idea of how to price my artwork. But the first couple, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, well, here you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. And happy that people were interested in it enough to say, okay, you know, I want this in my home. One of my um, previous guests, probably only a couple of weeks ago, his name's Perry Porter, and his um, he's a rapper and a painter as well, and his painting mm-hmm. name is Perry Paints. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you paid attention to the protests we had last summer with Chaz and Chop, where Seattle, um, like the protesters took over like six blocks of Seattle for like, I think it was almost close to two months or something. It was wild. And I yeah, yeah, during George Floyd. And um, one of the, I guess, beautiful things that came out of the protests, one of the main streets streets in Seattle on Capitol Hill, I think it's 11th and Pine, don't quote me on that, but um, mm-hmm. there's like all these restaurants on one side, then there's this big park on the other side, that's where like um, a lot of the protest, protests took, took place, and then like, of course, there's like a street and the intersection, and on this street right here, where, the, where the restaurants are here, park here there's a whole black lives matter mural so it's spell it spells out black lives matter i'm pretty sure i don't know if it's black lives or black lives matter but it, it's like every letter is done by a different painter mm. and um perry porter did the the l right after black after the b in black lives matter and it was it was really cool and i think that's that's an untapped community also so if you ever want to be yeah. like connected with him i think that'd be cool because that's a pretty small community right now i feel like Sure, that's dope. So how did you get into painting on clothes? Is there like a special 
paint you use? Is there a certain type of shirts you use or pants you paint on or? Yeah. So, um, I mean, just kind of the backstory to that. Um, I was actually living in Syracuse, New York for a while, um, for about two years. And that was when I had my daughter. And so, um, in that time, because I didn't, I didn't have any family in Syracuse. I was living there because my job actually asked me to go there and they paid for like my relocation and everything. And so in the midst of that, um, you know, I had my daughter and so I had no support system in Syracuse, uh, me, her mother and my daughter, we were living there. And so at the time I couldn't even really like make music because I was just so busy with work. I had a full-time job. I had to pick up a second job because, you know, my, my daughter's mother was in school as opposed to working. And so, you know, we had to pay for daycare and, and you know, do all these different things. We got a brand new baby. And at the time, like I said, I, I just didn't even have time for music and it, it had me depressed. And, you know, I, I was trying to find outlets to, you know, to kind of get my creativity and my thoughts out. And one day I was thinking, this is an idea that I had pretty much since I was about seven years old. I was like, you know, I've always thought like, you know, when I look down at my hands, you know, obviously brown, I'm not black. So I didn't understand why, <laughs> you know, we're categorized as black, you know, as a people. And so, you, got, you know, you get older and, you know, you think about different things. And I was thinking about, you know, well, what do I think about when I think of the word black? Obviously, it's beautiful, you know, us as a people, but, you know, the actual word. I think of like a void or I think of nothingness or I think, of, you know what I mean? Like those are the things that kind of are associated with the word black. And you think about the word white and what that means, and you know what I mean? Pure or angelic or, you know what I'm saying? Clean. Oop, I think you froze. Before I got disconnected, you'll actually see that there was like a power surge in the building that I was in. I was meeting with some guys to, you know, talk about uh, some, some t-shirts and merch, you know, I'm trying to get printed. Right. And then right after that, about five minutes later, everybody in the building like lost service. It was mad weird. I thought we were getting hit with like a hacker attack or something. Oh shit. Yeah, I saw yo, it was like a green flash or something, right? Yeah, it was, yo, it was crazy, man. I apologize about that, man, my bad. I don't know what happened. Yeah, no worries. I'd love to hear you wrap up your story about how you got into clothing. Oh yeah, 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 right. So, uh, so do you do you remember where we left off at all? So you said you moved to Syracuse, and something about how being brown and not black. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, and then I ended up um, basically, you know, I made the denim jacket, and it said "brown not black" on the back of it. And at this time, I didn't really have and i i didn't really this was the first one that i made you know what i mean so i was just kind of winging it and um i've always been into art always been into graffiti and so i was just making like the best graffiti style letters that i could come up with mm -hmm. and you know I, I painted on the back of the jacket it was like a light blue jacket and i think i used like brown gold and like black and maybe a little bit of white some splashes and uh, the next day, so where I was working at in Syracuse, I worked in this crazy mall. Like, it's one of the biggest malls in America. It's called Destiny Mall. And, you know, so I end up uh, wearing it to work the next day. And I was like, you know, if, if anybody even says anything about it, you know, I guess that's like a plus. And it was funny because that day, I think I worked like a 12 to 10 shift or something like that. And I think I might have got stopped by like 15 different people that day and they you know they asked me like yo what is what is this about like what is what is this jacket like brown not black like who made this like what is, like what is the idea behind it because i was i was treating it almost like a like a social experiment you know what i mean because it doesn't say uh i love brown people not black people it doesn't say i think you know brown people are better than black people it doesn't say anything like that it just says brown not black you know what i mean and when people see you you know when i guess when you when you see something like that on someone that's quote unquote black you know it just it triggers something it's like wait a minute like that's not right or wait a minute like what does that even mean you're black you know what i mean mm -hmm. so that was um that was when i figured out okay maybe i have something and you know from there it just kind of progressed and at the time my idea for it was just brown not black and um i got to make in i think my second jacket and this is where the whole b and b l y c um uh thing comes from so the first part of it was the B&B. &B. And so, again, I, I wanted to, you know, 
evoke conversation about, um, you know, the pieces that I was wearing from people, you know, whether I'm at the mall or whether I'm at a restaurant, whatever. And it reminded me of like back in the day when I used to wear like Fat Farm and I used to wear like FUBU and, you know, all those different pieces. And you would see, you know, different things on those pieces of clothing. And it was just dope. And it would make you want to talk about it. Like, what is that? Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? And um, so the second part of it, uh, the LYC means live your creed. Mm. And I didn't really start putting that on the jackets and, and things that I was doing until a few, like after I made my first couple. And um, Live Your Creed comes from a poem it's by Langston Hughes. And the poem is actually called uh, Live Your Creed. And so what I took from the poem was um, you're judged by your actions and not by your words. And that's something that my mom used to always tell me. Uh, my teachers would tell it to me. Uh, would say it to me, I should say, and, you know, it just any and everybody that was older that was trying to teach me something normally would say something like that. And so it was something that I heard all the time. And when I read this poem, it was one of my best friends. He actually sent it to me. When I read it, I was like, yo, this is so dope. And a few days later, after I had made my first couple of jackets, I was like looking because I put the brown eye black on the back of the jackets. And so I was like, I, I wanted something else to put on these jackets. And I'm like, what else would be dope? And I was like, I want to put something on the sleeve. And then I thought, you know what, that Live Your Creed, that was something that stuck with me. And that's something I've always heard. Like, why wouldn't I put that on there? And then, you know, I had an idea. I was like, you know, the Live Your Creed can go up under like a thought bubble. And, you know, I was thinking about all the people at the time who used to say, you know, my son is uh, my prince or, you know, everybody likes to feel like they're, they say, oh, I'm a king or I'm a queen. And my son is my prince, my daughter is my princess, whatever. And, you know, it was my way of, you know, with the thought bubble and I would put like crowns in it. And it was my way of saying, you know, if you're wearing this piece, you know, you're basically telling the world that, you know, you're a king, you're a queen, you're, you're, you you feel that way about yourself and you're living your creed. And when you say live your creed, it's like you, you, you really, you're showing that through your actions, not by just saying, right. you know what I mean? So that was like the thought process behind it. And I really just like to use different colors. I like to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I was into graffiti. So, you know, the, it was more so like the styling of the words and, you know, the font and everything. That was what really brought me a lot of joy with doing it. And again, after I made like the first couple of them and people saw them, because when I was doing them, I was making them on Snapchat. Oh, wow. I was like, whole process. And when people saw it, they were like, yo, I didn't even know that you did this. Like, this is dope. Like, can I get one? And at the time I was like, yo, I'm really just doing them for myself. And, you know, I wasn't really interested in really selling them. And, you know, I had so many people asking, it was like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll sell you one. I'll make you one for $40. You know what I mean? And did the first couple people were buying them. And I had more and more people just, you know, reaching out, hitting me up. And then I got into making, you know, t-shirts and just different things. So it kind of just evolved over time, but it wasn't something that I really was doing at the time with intention to turn, for the, you know, for it to turn into a brand. I was more so just doing it because it was a creative outlet. So that's the beauty of it. That's dope. And do you have like a online store for people to check out or is it more like they have to hit you up individually or? Yeah, so you can um you can definitely check out the Instagram. Um, I do have a website as well. It's uh, bnblyc.com. It's the same thing for uh for the Instagram. It's bnblyc. So everything is right on there. That's dope. So back to the music. Before Conway showed up, did you ever give up and feel like you weren't going to make any music or? Um, around that time, like I was saying earlier, when I was in Syracuse, the reason why I moved to Syracuse in the first place was because. I kind of, I was so frustrated with, you know, doing shows, there's five people at the shows, I'm going to New York, I'm going to Cleveland, I'm doing shows everywhere, and I just wasn't, like, getting, I wasn't making the traction that I thought I was going to make, because I've always been a dope artist, you know what I'm saying, if I do say this so myself, mm -hmm. you know, people have always told me I was dope, but, like, it just wasn't translating into, like, you know, paid shows, or it wasn't translating into people, you know, paying for my music like that if it wasn't like you know I had a few fans but it just wasn't translating into you know it being a career and so the reason why I even moved to Syracuse in the first place was because I was working at that job I was telling you about for a long time and you know they offered to for me to go to Syracuse and go you know run a store out there and so I was like you know what man I'm with it because I, I just got tired of 
you know, chasing that dream. And, and it, it was more so feeling like a dream more and more and more as opposed to it possibly being a reality. It was really just feeling like a dream. And so that was why I moved in the first place. Um, not to say that I gave up on it, because even when I moved, I still, you know, I was putting out music and, you know, before I had my daughter, because like I said, that, there was a time where I couldn't even really make music because I just couldn't. Um, but it did feel like, you know, when I when I moved out there, it was because I said, you know, OK, like I'm just going to try and advance myself in this career um, because music wasn't working out the way that I, I saw it working out. And how has uh, Conway changed your life besides signing you to a record deal? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I have I've never really had like um, I guess like more like a big brother or a mentor to kind of look up to. In my, in my entire life, I've never really had that. And I think, you know, obviously being around somebody as talented as him, that's going to rub off, um, you know, obviously. But, you know, just in, in a lot of different ways, he's somebody that I look up to um, with different decisions that I make or, like, you know, I guess what I can say is, like, he, he's a really good person and he's a really good influence on other things outside of music just because of the way that he handles his business. Makes sense. And what is your favorite memory with Conway? Ah, oh, man. Um, I think the illest memory that I have right now with Con is going uh, to Atlanta and doing the title show. Um, we did that last December. Um, and it was dope because, I mean, A, you know, we performed live on title. That is, that's out of this world. You know what I'm saying? Um, and shout out to Conway for even putting this on that on that show um but what really made it dope was my daughter was actually here she was here in buffalo for that show and you know we didn't perform for a crowd we performed for the cameras um there was no crowd there at all and so i remember afterwards um you know getting off the stage and the show was over and you know later on that night i'm looking at my phone and my daughter's mother actually sent me a video of my daughter sitting in front of the tv and she, you know she's she's taking a video from behind her, and my daughter is sitting there and like watching me perform on the TV, and she's got like this big smile, and she's just like tuned in. And I'm not a crier. I haven't I cried before this. I hadn't cried in probably 15 years. And I think when I saw it the next, or it was later on that day, or like the next day, but when I saw that video, I was in um, a parking garage there in Atlanta, and I was actually by myself, thank God, because when I saw it, I just started immediately crying damn like this is really crazy like you know what i mean to be on title to have my daughter see me on tv to do that and, and everything that it was a it was a really good feeling that's you know awesome what I mean? wow yeah it's dope. do you see your art your daughter being an artist is like does she pick up any music yet or draw or you know anything? what's crazy man my daughter she uh and i don't know if you saw this on my instagram but yo she's in the studio with me 24 7 and she she hates it but at the <laughs> same time we'll be in the house and she will like literally sit here and make whole songs. She'll rap. She so that she say, "Daddy, you know, I got, I got a beat." She makes beats <laughs> on my uh, everything. Like she, I can see it. I don't know if it's really gonna happen, but I can see it for her for sure. Um, she told me the other day. Actually, it's funny. She told me the other day she wanted to take singing lessons. Ooh. Yeah. So and then she was like, "Yeah, I can I can really sing." She's five years old. So I can really sing. I think I need to go get lessons. And so she just started singing. And I'm like, "Okay, let's do it." That's like when your kid says they want to join football or basketball. They're like, actually, I want to join singing. So it's the like same. That's when the kid, mm. kids get into whatever they want to do with their life, I feel like. like right. No, it's dope, man. She She's like the just the illest person on this earth, man. Like, I'm so blessed to be her father, you know what I'm saying, and watch her grow. And she just gives me all the motivation in the world to want to, you know, be better and just continue to ascend in my career because, you know, at the end of the day, she's always watching. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, daughters need their fathers, man. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be there for them, for sure. And I'm, I'm one of those dads. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to hold it down regardless. That's awesome. Have but, you have you met uh, West Side Gun and Benny the Butcher? Yeah, so I, I've known Wes um, a very long time. Um, shout out to Wes and shout out to Benny as well, man. Like, two two very, very great individuals, man. Two solid dudes. Um, Wes, I, I met back in 2000. I want to say 2012, 2013, 2012. I got um, the first Hitler Wears Hermes, the first one. I got it. I had a CD. 
And uh, I think I got it from him. I was, um, I might've been at, at, at the store that I worked at. I think he came through and he gave me a CD or maybe I got it from one of the stores over on Bailey. I think that was where I got it from. Um, and Bailey, that's on the east side of Buffalo. Um, you know what I mean? I think it was King City. I went in there and I got the, got the CD. But uh, regardless how I got it, um, I heard it for the first time, and this was, you know, West was just just starting out. You know what I'm saying? Like he he had put out the mixtape years and years ago, but then he, you know, he went to jail for a while. I had never heard of him, and I got the CD, and you know, I played it. And I'm like, yo, who is this? Because this is crazy. It's six songs, and I'm just listening to what he's talking about, and he's from Buffalo, and I'm hearing little references, and I'm like, yo, who the hell is this? Like, this don't make no sense. Like. This shit is crazy. And I called my man. I don't, I don't know if you know who he is, but uh, Billy Esco. Oh, I wanted to talk to you about him. That guy's dope as fuck. That's my guy. That's one of my best friends. You know what I mean? And um, I called him and I was like, yo, <laughs> like, have you heard of this West Side Gun dude? Like, who? Like, yo, come over and come here to CD. And he came over and, um, man, we listened to it. And he was like, yo, immediately, like, yo, who? Like, whoever this is, like, we need to link up and I think from there, that's where they kind of forge their relationship. Um, they're a little bit more tight than I am, like with Wes. But it's always love. Like I've been, you know, to different shows with Wes. I've been in New York with Wes. You know what I'm saying? I think when I met Joey Badass, I was with West High. Um, a few different people. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to the big homie Wes, man. Like, you know, without him, you know what I'm saying? And, and obviously the other people involved with Griselda, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. So you know, shout out to Wes. And then Benny. I've known who Benny is since I started rapping, like since I was about 13. Um, Benny was one of the first people, like when I would be at the studio with the people that taught me how to rap and how to be in the studio, they were like, you know, this is kind of an example of someone from here that is nice and, you know what I'm saying, like can rap and, you know, this is who you need to be like. And my first couple of times hearing Benny, it was always like, oh shit, this dude is, is crazy. And Benny has always been known in, in Buffalo as a rapper, you know what I'm saying? Like he's always been like one of those staples. He's always been like one of those, okay, if you're from Buffalo and you listen to Buffalo rap, like you know who Benny is, you know what I mean? So he's always been one of those people and uh, I got a lot of respect for Benny as an MC. Um, he's one of my favorites, to be honest with you. And what can you take away from like their come up? Was it not until they linked with Eminem or do you think it was before that or? I think it was a little bit before that um, because they, you know, they started uh, building their following, you know, a little bit before that. Um, and I saw it, like, you know what I'm saying, firsthand. Um, you know, I think they signed in 2017. Um, and I had been, you know, even when I was out in Syracuse, like I was bringing their name up, you know, 2016, 2015. I watched it, you know, grow into what it is now. And it's it's just beautiful to see, man. And, you know, I feel like they gave, they gave a blueprint um, in some ways, but because they're so unique and the time, it was like, it was like almost perfect. Like the time that they came where people weren't really rapping over those type of beats and they didn't have that same subject matter. Like they made that relevant again. Now they made a way for a lot of artists who weren't doing that at that time or, you know, people who have came into the game now, you know what I mean? Like they, they kind of paved that way. So in certain ways, like I feel like they really did set a blueprint, but also, you know, their story and the way that they came into the game was very, very unique. So you can't follow their story like word for word if you want to do it like how they're doing it now, but they did lay like a foundation to where it's like, okay, you have to plug your pieces in, but you can win this way. You can win this game this way if you plug your pieces in correctly. Dude, they bring this like crazy energy out of any artist they work with, even from like a two chains or a, like a Wale, yeah. like because Wale and two chains kind of like a mainstream sound. But then when they're on a project with like Benny, Westside Gunner, Conway, they like bring out this different energy, and it's it's so exciting to hear when they have like a mainstream artist on. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, I think they, I think that's just knowing, you know, who their audience is. You know what I'm saying? And knowing that, yo, okay, if you want to track with these dudes, like, you know, A, you got to come correct. And, and B, it's like, you know, you can appeal to a different listener. You know what I mean? I think that's important because, you know, everybody is, you know, continuing to try and expand and, you know, just win. And so I think that's that's what it is. Like, they have, like I said, like that cult following. And if it, it was even hard for me. Like, I remember when 
um, from King to a God when the uh, Deluxe came out, and I was on two tracks on there. I was on Crack in the 90s, and I was on Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, shout out to Conway for that um, that look. But I remember when, when people first heard, like, Crack in the 90s, it made people so uncomfortable because they had never heard who I was before. You know what I'm saying? They have that type of following, like that Wu-Tang type of fan base where it's like, they want to hear Wu-Tang and they don't want to hear anything else. Like, don't play me anything else. Don't mess with the beats. Don't mess with what they talk about. None of that. Like, I don't want to hear anybody else. I want to hear these guys. And so to, again, like, with like the Wale's and the Two Chains and then, you know, people like me, like, you know, you, you that's what you keep in the front of your mind. Like, these dudes are already legends. Like, they have those fan bases that are solidified. Like, they're not going anywhere. So in order for you to gain that respect of them, you have to come correct. Mm. And how, how have people treated you differently since signing to Drumworks? Um, I mean, it's it's interesting because, you know, some people like here in the city, everybody here in the city for the most part, like, you know, it, it's been more congratulatory, you know what I mean? Because I've been grinding for so long. People have seen it for such a long time. Like, you really wanted it. And now you finally, you know, you got your foot in the door, so just keep going. Um, in terms of being out other places, you know, I, it was a time um, where when La Machina came out, I, I flew back to Buffalo, and um, it was it was after it came out, and I came back to Buffalo, and then literally the same day I had to go right back to Miami because that's where we were. And after I landed, I was here for like maybe an hour, and I had to zoom back. And so I get on this flight, and I land in Florida, and it was these two dudes, like, they walked up to me and said, like, yo, are you Jay Skis? Like, you know what I'm saying? And that was the first time, and I'm all the way in Florida, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's been times where I've been, you know, other places, and, you know, people may know me just from being around certain people, but I was by myself. And so, you know, I had never had that happen before, and this happened a few different times. And, you know, it's a, it's a cool feeling to be known for uh, doing something that you love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, your career has been very exciting so far, and I'm excited to see how far it goes, you know? Yeah, me too, man. And, you know, I believe, um, you know, with the music that I have kind of in the tuck right now, you know, my album is called Abolished Uncertainties. I got another project, actually, that I'm in the process of kind of planning that I can, you know, sell while I'm on tour, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because the, the project is is man it's solid both of them solid you know what i'm saying like it's it's really good music and it's different you know what i mean like you're not getting what you get from you know west side benny conway derringer you're not getting that same type of sound but it's still buffalo and it's still great hip-hop you know what i'm saying so you know i say that to say like i i, I think things is up from here honestly that's how i feel yes sir have you checked out the i think it's 14 trap doors with like Billy Esco and uh, Royce to Five Nine. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. That those song are, those is are, crazy. It's crazy because uh, uh, Short Short Moscato from Fourteen Trap Doors. I've known him since I was about three years old. Oh shit! I grew up with him. Yep. And then Wizza, me and Wizza have a track. Um, you know what I'm saying all all good dudes, man. All good dudes. They're uh, they're all good people. Um, they've worked with a lot of different people. Uh, Rick Hyde, I know, is on that on that last project that they put out. Um, Esco is on there. A uh, few different, few different cats, man. You know what I mean? Like they just, they just good dudes, though. Good energy, different. You know what I'm saying? They got their own style, and that I can always respect. Like I don't always like artists who who kind of mimic styles or just try to fit in. I'm not. I'm never really like a big fan of. You know what I'm saying? I like to hear new, exciting different sounds and different bars and different content like that's that's what i love so you know when artists you know come out and they're, they they're not afraid to be themselves i always love that like if you stepping into that cookie cutter mold that's already there i'm never really interested in what you have to say very true and you're just you're just part of a community that's really shaping the new sound of hip-hop and that's very exciting to me you know so i, I appreciate yeah. everything you griselda billy Mitch Arizona, all these guys are doing. Yeah, that's my guy. Shout out to Mitch, man. He produced uh, my first single on Drumworks, Swayed Uppers. You know what I'm saying? He's got a few tracks on my new album as well. So, you know, I'm looking forward to putting that out and, you know, getting him some shine. Well, not getting him some shine, but, you know, us shining together because he, he made, on the production side, he's amazing. Yeah, like, just going through your catalog, it seems like 
a lot of the people you started out with, like you still work with them, and that, I feel like that can be rare at times. So it's like I'm telling you, yeah. like that your like Buffalo community, it's it's very inspiring. I feel like a a lot of communities in, like aspire to be that type of community. It's not easy. It's definitely not the easiest thing in the world. It's just like we're dealing, you know, with family. That's because that's really what it is. Like I was saying earlier, you know, Buffalo is called the city of good neighbors, and we're all family at the end of the day. And, you know, just like how you get upset with family, you may get mad at family, you may not talk to family for a little bit, but family is always going to be family and you can't pick and choose who, you, you know, who your family is. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's up to you to make things work and make things happen. And I think we do a good job of that here, you know, just sticking together and knowing that we're all in the same boat. We all trying to get to the same destination. We all just sailing through the, through the ocean. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get to the same destination. So, you know, we got to do it together, man, and just keep it solid. Yes, sir. What is some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists, creators, influencers? I would just say, man, if if this is what you want to do, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, if, it, if it's music or if you paint, you make sculptures, you, you make dresses, it don't matter what you do. Whatever you do, you got to be all in it. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be times where things may seem like they're not going to work out. It may it may be times where, you know, you, you fall flat on your face. But what really matters is how you get back up and attack it again. You know what I'm saying? Whatever whatever your mission is, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to fail in order to be successful. Like, in order to succeed, you have to because that's how you learn. So, and I say that to say again, like, if you're going to be in it, whatever it is that you're into, you got to do it a hundred and not even a hundred percent, one hundred fifty percent. And the one thing that I uh, that I learned from Conway, he said this to me when I first got with him. We had went to a studio session in New York, like when I first got with him. He said, "Seize the moment." And when he first said it to me, I was like, "I." And it was cool, like you know, what I'm saying I heard what he said, but it was when you know I was around. Again, like the, the K Slays and the P Dots and the Smoke Dizzers and all these different people, you know, the first day I was there and, you know, I'm, I was kind of reserved. I was kind of like laid back. Then I thought about what he said and I was like, okay, it may be another time and place where, or it may be another time where I, I may not be around these people again or I may never see these people again because they're already solidified. I'm still trying to get my name. You know what I'm saying? So anytime I'm around these different people or if it's another situation where I can put my name out there, I have to do it. And so ever since then, that's what I've been on. Yes, so sir. I say that these the moment. That's some great advice. You've dropped a lot of gems, man. And I think you just being open about your art, whether it's painting, rapping, I think that's going to be very inspiring for the listeners. So, I hope so. what is the easiest way to, to reach a J-Skis? Where so uh, you can hit me, man, on Instagram, on Twitter, at J A E S K E E S C J Skis. Hit me anytime, DM. I get man, I get so many DMs all the time, people from all over the world. But I always make it my business to make sure that I respond. As long as you ain't talking no crazy shit, I'm going to respond to you and tell you thank you or you know what I'm saying whatever the case. So always feel free to DM me. Always feel free to go give me a follow as well, and I appreciate it. Hell yeah. It's the NAS podcast with Jay Skies.